the conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody exclusive. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Come on, take it quickly, Reggie! Yes, good match. No wonder he's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the motorway. Hello and welcome to episode 194 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined by Jack Harper. Tom Kennett, and it's nice enough for Alex to join us today. He is here. He's dictating the time. We've had to change it, move around for him, being the uh, VIP that he uh, thinks he is, I think. So, Alex, <laughs> good to have you with us this week. Good to be back. Good to be back. Sean, Sean was demanded. Sean messaged me saying, you've got to do something to get this pod earlier this evening because he wanted an early upload. So, well, weirdly, we don't pander to Sean either because he's not on the <laughs> podcast. You just say this, yeah. we've actually repeatedly pandered to both, so we <laughs> yeah. clearly do. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong, but we don't like to say it out loud, TK. The squad players are dictating what happens in the team. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I've got some half-decent news of the week, so we've got that, and then we'll go through some updates to do with the Premier League. Shame we can't have Connor joining us for that. A bit of transfer <laughs> gossip, and if we have time, we'll get into things such as... Uh, Patrice Evra's outburst and other similar things there. So, news of the week. Sad news to start things off. The cat behind the famous O'Long Johnson meme has died at age 18. It's a good innings, though. That is a good innings, really. Hey, don't say that. My cat's older than 18. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to speak too uh, too soon. Yeah. He doesn't speak though, so also <laughs> along Johnson in particular. I think so the best that took a bit of time out of him. The best thing to come out of that old Long Johnson thing was the South Park episode. Yeah, it was just completely yeah. faith hilling. Faith hilling. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the bread on the cat's face. Yeah. Maybe it's like uh, wearing the ring in Lord of the Rings, like it drains some of your life. So every time the cat spoke. It was taking a bit of extra time off its life, like taking pets. It was famous, so it's having a rock and yeah. roll lifestyle, probably. It's too much drinking drugs. I've actually just seen the next one, and the news doesn't really get much nicer. <laughs> um, a light. Indian man said to have opened up his pregnant wife's stomach to try and see the baby's gender. Has <laughs> some gender reveal. Well, apparently there's like an uneven amount like the the sex of babies in India is going like too far the one way so there's some weirder than there but like if they're having a girl I think they're essentially trying to cut it off before it gets there and so I don't know if that's what's happening with this bloke but he is in prison currently so 
yeah. you'd assume it wasn't a happy gender reveal that his wife was in on. Well, the family gathered round in the garden. Yeah. Well, we had last week, didn't we, that uh, woman who brought her mum's head in a bag to a barbecue, so yeah. we've seen worse. <laughs> um, Detroit driver arrested after successfully jumping over a drawbridge. Oh, what? Fast and Furious style. <laughs> how can you arrest? How can you arrest a man after that? Just let him ride off into the sunset. End of off for a Christmas party. Um, woman falls out of car window and onto highway while filming a Snapchat video. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and they and they had to like help her. Like they should have just left her. Yeah, yeah. You don't send an ambulance to her. She probably she deserves. <laughs> um, <laughs> Russia's space agency chief declares Venus a Russian planet. <laughs> um, How do you go about that? Because I could just claim anything is mine then. Called this. You can. You just don't have the same pull as Russia, I assume. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think you're probably right. He could write. De- he could write letters, death threat letters, like uh, he's done before. Blimey. Okay. Me. He does have history for <laughs> writing letters, but to who? Chelsea fans, certain referee. Oh, well, yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that hate mail. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah, that that vicious script. Man shoots his male doctor after he accidentally induces orgasm during prostate exam. Good news, they With a lethal weapon. <laughs> Uh, Man using live snake as face mask boards bus in England. Yeah. I you can't say it didn't affect him. I suppose. Well, they don't turn people away if they're not wearing masks anyway, do they? Because these people that say it's their right to be able to do so. So. No, it's some probably... bus drivers. He probably didn't even blink the driver. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Unless you bring on like a uh, like a lot of pastry from James Pantry, I'm still not over that bloke on the way back from hungover from London <laughs> who confiscated my uh, my McMuffin. That made me so happy because I'd eaten mine. I'd like two bites. I'd like two bites left. And he said, "You can have it when you get off." Brilliant. Three and a half hours <laughs> later, I'll have my cold sausage and egg McMuffin. <laughs> you look so upset. I was. Uh, Malaysian man loses phone, finds it one day later with monkey selfies and videos. <laughs> That's not a hair clip. Woman wakes to find snake chomping on her forehead. Wow. Nice. Snakes have been it? running wild the last couple of weeks. I wonder if it's the same one I rode the bus. <laughs> Quite a day. Florida parents are getting high and exposing themselves during kids' virtual classes. Jesus Christ. Florida again. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> man gets diarrhea on roller coaster and splashes 14 people. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> that was brilliant. I just get... It's the walk of shame that he has to make it up for that. <laughs> Maybe it's part of the ride. <laughs> Splashback. <laughs> Splash Mountain. <laughs> so that is your news of the week for this week. Uh, you've got your lot there. 
Yeah, yes. Be- before we get into uh, the sports, we do have a huge announcement to make in that to commemorate our 200th episode, although this might take place on episode 199, we've been approved for our world record attempts. So this is going ahead. It's going to be live-streamed, our first live-streamed episode, and we'll tentatively plan this for the 26th of October, Monday night, and we'll be our usual, I'm sure, half, six, seven-ish on YouTube. Oh, who We're knows? Have Alex might decide it's half two in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have three record attempts being done. One by Alex, one by Rory, one by Keenan. We're going to certainly have myself and TK on commentary, depending on the mics. Jack, you may be the cameraman in this situation as punishment for not doing the Macarena challenge. So logistics (laughs) will be crossed when we get there. We've got paperwork to sign. We've got things to set up. The the cheek after we said about Alex, he messaged me saying about the colour grapes that I'm going to get him. I don't know where <laughs> the expense has fallen to me. What is the world record for the grapes? So Alex needs to eat seventy six grapes in one minute. Fucking hell. I'm nervous for you. I mean, he could have just run for <laughs> half an hour in a wetsuit. It's, it's literally what he does. It's literally what he does. How how can you not? Why would you not run for 30 minutes in a wetsuit? That's like... I don't understand. That's, that's bread and butter, surely, and you can have a world record. He, yeah, said, he said he doesn't want to damage the wetsuit, which I still <laughs> don't understand. Why did you buy I a cheap wetsuit? I still don't understand it. Buy a cheap wetsuit, then. This what, is also uh, what I said. <laughs> what, um, what, was the, what, what was the record for? Is it the distance covered in 30 minutes? It was, it was just the shortest time to do a half marathon... In uh, a wetsuit. Well, that's not 30 minutes then, is it? <laughs> well, I thought the amount you do them, you should be sorted. Uh, oh, I'm not way, presented it. We presented like... it as he had a straight choice between the wetsuit and the grapes. So there was nothing else. <laughs> well, it, I recommended some others that he also refused to do. He wouldn't he do very good, a half marathon he? in um, full armour. You wouldn't do it in pajamas, which seems easy. Seems even easier. I would have done it in pajamas. No, you didn't, Alex, because I offered you that and you said no. You're having quite the tantrum, actually. <laughs> Rory is going to attempt to eat the most chicken nuggets inside one minute. He needs to beat 200 grams consumed, which equates to roughly 11.4 nuggets. So... In two minutes? No, in, in one minute. minute, sorry. In one minute. I feel... I feel like that's strangely more achievable. That sounds less intimidating than the grapes. Let me tell you, I thought the questions for Alex were bad in telling me what grapes I need to get for a start. I told Roy it was going to be live streamed. First of all, he said um, video. I said, just streaming your audio, (laughs) eating the nuggets. (laughs) Doesn't seem like a great suggestion. And then he said, I assume you're paying for the nuggets. (laughs) People think I made a cash. Taking out the expense account. Well, they said that that's in minus figures because it costs to do the podcast. <laughs> you got to stop saying nuggets is killing me. Nuggets, nuggets. <laughs> What's wrong with the way I say nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> you say 
You say it with an I said. You say it with an idea at the end. That's not right. That's the word because <laughs> I asked my mum if I say this weirdly and she said no, so that's the final word. <laughs> we need Ronald McDonald to weigh in on this. <laughs> say it one more time. Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> What's the world record for the amount of Chicago town pizzas eaten for lunchtime? Oh, I don't know, but if it's any more than what I had, I'd broke it. <laughs> want... That was like shopping while hungry. I want the listeners to know that you ate four Chicago town pizzas for lunch today. I knew it was a lot, but I didn't think it was that outrageous until I received the outrage. But it was like 600 grams of pizza. I didn't eat yesterday. All I had was a couple of crackers. So you did eat yesterday, so that your story's changed already? No, not in terms of, like, eating. It was old. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't four Chicago towns yesterday, put it that way. No. So, there we go. And, uh, and Keenan has to eat a jam donut with no hands in less than 12 seconds. So. <laughs> I'm worried for all three lads here. I'm worried for them. I AJ, more than, AJ more than anyone though. Those grapes. That's a <laughs> lot of grapes. I feel the Keenan one. Could you not hold it for him? No. Because that would be a hand involved. Yeah, but it's not his hands, technically. Yeah, he's still right. got no hands. Yeah. Just says with no hands. It doesn't say with Why exactly? without using your hands. Oh, bastard. And we were also what? approved for the longest uninterrupted audio stream um which is being changed to suit the longest uninterrupted podcast episode which 41 hours is the time to beat so good lord does that have to be live um i believe so but then there's there's some logistics that need to be put together for that as i've said the football manager one was insane in itself so I've not even read into the small print of some of these other ones yet because I'm assuming they're going to be absolutely crazy. Well, could your podcast crazy. be, could it be that you just sim as many seasons on Football Manager as you possibly can in 41 <laughs> hours and just see what the outcome The are? Football Manager one, honestly, you you couldn't go any longer than three seconds without pressing a button if, if there was the option to on screen. Blimey. So there you go, yeah. but it's it's hard to put many logistics on eating chicken nuggets and uh, mm-hmm. eating grapes. <laughs> so maybe on uh, the twenty on the nineteenth, maybe Alex will have to do a test run for us, and we can assess how likely he is to do it because. This isn't one we can just pass across. Like his name is specifically assigned to the record attempt. <laughs> so what, what? Have you no I'm faith? Have I know what? You know faith. No faith in my like athletical ability. Maybe if you were doing a half marathon, then yeah. But <laughs> I've watched you fill yourself up with the little nuts in Nando's before. Yeah, so and you, didn't you see the potential the... there? No. I think you've got that quit in you. Nah. Oof. Big accusation. Not when it comes to food. Grapes, though. I'm assuming there'll probably need to be some kind of minimum weight for the grapes, so they can't. you can't just have 
the smallest grapes ever, but you'll have to go uh, double-fisted like the Churros, Charles Barkley style. Double-fisted. I'll get that. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm not sure if... Probably sounds a bit to everyone else. <laughs> well, what does AJ want this podcast finished early? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. But there we go. We'll get into some football talk here and then maybe we'll come back around to talk about the record attempts. Actually, I suppose it's a good time to say before we get in and interrupt the middle of it, if you go back on your podcast feeds, Movie Madness has been supplying you with non-stop content for the last week. In the last seven days, we've dropped an interview with J.B. Rogers, the director of American Pie 2. He, he directed the Dumb and Dumber sequel. He was assistant director on Dumb and Dumber. He's worked with the Farrelly brothers since 1994. So prestigious guests to have on the show. Myself, Keenan, TK. We asked just about every question you could hope to know about American Pie. We've got some stories that you wouldn't have found on the internet previously. It's just what we do. And then two days later, me and Jack sat down with John Heater to discuss Napoleon Dynamite. And again, just about everything you could wish for for Napoleon Dynamite. And then a little bit on Blades of Glory and Bench Warmers as well. So, star-studded names come into the podcast, and we're bringing it to you. As someone said on uh, Reddit this week, who the fuck even are these people? So, <laughs> go back and find out. Maybe they were talking about the guests. Who knows? <laughs> so That's review. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> They won't be able to then, say that when we hold the world record attempts. No, yeah. exactly. They're up on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, all the other business that I don't upload us on, but we seem to be on anyway, like Stitcher and all that. So <laughs> anywhere you want to find it, it will probably be there, whether you want to see us or not. So there we go. Now, on to the football. What I was thinking is we'll go through the games... Some will probably give more coverage to than others. And then we'll get into the specific category, the topics that I give, I've given you earlier. So I'm not sure how much time we'll spend on Leicester against Burnley, but we'll probably spend a bit more time on United against uh, Crystal Palace. So. Opening up the weekend, we had Everton against West Brom. Everton obviously looked great last weekend. They come into this weekend. They don't look quite as good, but... Did you put this down to Everton looking good or West Brom being West Brom? I thought Everton looked good. I thought Carlo Ancelotti seems to have his blueprint on the way that he wants to work and Hamas Rodriguez is just fueling it. They looked so much more creative. On A usual Everton performance is kind of dreary, dull, but he seems to be unlocking so many chances for Calvert-Lewin in particular, obviously bagging a hat-trick. I think you kind of struggle to say that oh every manager has that missing piece to the puzzle but it almost seems that Hamas Rodriguez if it was going to be a hit it was going to be a mega hit and that kind of vice versa if he was going to be a flop it would be awful but he does seem to be standing up to the challenge of the Premier League and, and I love the fact that everyone says oh these South Americans I don't know if they'll cope with the physicality of the Premier League but do you know where these guys come from? It's Colombia for fuck's sake I would say it's Spurs and West Brom at the moment, so quite low-level teams that he has been up against <laughs> early in his true. career. But 
obviously he looks great. He looks great at the moment. It's maybe going to be like what we said with um, when we said with Solskjaer, where Connor was giving him the job immediately, and we were saying the 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 issue is going to be when he hits a rough patch and how he comes out of that. Yeah. And it's not quite the same in management to players, but we've not really seen Hammers in a game yet where he's not given that much time on the ball. He's not being pushed and hustled about and all of that. But <clears throat> as far as his performance so far, I didn't expect him to put in the work that he has been putting in. Yeah, I think that's what's been the major factor for me. I was expecting to kind of be a bit lightweight um, in regards to he'll lose the ball and not bother to track back. But I think he knows he's in last chance saloon here. I mean, he knows he's gone to Everton. It's not your Bayern Munichs or Real Madrid's. He needs to make an impression here. And again, he's never been that star man at Bayern, Real, wherever he's been. It's, he's tried to fit in around your Ronaldo's. And yeah, Real he was signed to be, he just didn't quite work out that way. Exactly, whereas here he is. Everything they'll be looking for him, not kind of flipping the ball out to the wings or Ronaldo. They'll be literally looking for everything created through him. <laughs> I think he needed that opportunity and that, that role, essentially. It's almost like Colombia where he is the main man. Everything goes through him. They look for him for that inspiration. And he might be the player that just thrives off that. Yeah, he could, I, looking at it, it could be that he needs to be the big fish in the small pond rather yeah. than just one of the stars. Well, I was going to go to you, TK. I was going to say whether you like it or not, you defended him once. So you're now are tired as being uh, the head of the Hammers Rodriguez fan club. <laughs> and has he done more or less than what you expected him to do? Um, I thought he would probably impress early doors, um, but you are right in saying his work rate, how much he's put himself about, are surprising. They You tend to, whenever I've seen him, I think you see it when he plays for Colombia, because obviously they tend to be typically pretty proud to play for their country and elevate themselves to a certain level, he certainly seems to. But whenever I've seen him for Real or Bayern, I haven't seen that sort of side to him. Whether that carries on, I would... I would be sceptical about that, I'll be honest. Um, if we he doesn't no... seem to play for Carlo as much as he's playing for Everton. Yeah, yeah. If they'd been Carlo tomorrow, he'd probably be asking for <laughs> a transfer in January, wouldn't he? Um, so, if, yeah, if Carlo can get the best out of him, then fair play. But I would imagine at some point during the winter months, we probably he'll, he'll be in and out, I think. I think he'll start well for now. I think at some point he'll probably hit a bit of a dip. But then... It'd still be very, very good and still difficult, but it's not. Do you think some players are starting to see that there are nicer places to live in England than London? Because I know, importantly, our interest was maybe a bit more, but there was the story that essentially Alexis had the choice between Liverpool and Arsenal and London was what turned him the one way. And that does seem to be the case where you read reports from journalists where they're talking about transfers and supposedly... Out, if if it's a, a team in London, you can tell the player that they're going to live in London, and they'd probably take less money, or maybe a slightly better team because you're playing in London. Whether it was going to be, say, Arsenal over, I don't know, United, maybe I'm not sure the correct comparison, but we hear a lot that players will love to live in London, but you then see Liverpool is kind of being put out there a bit more. They probably are seeing that there isn't too much difference and it probably is a nicer place to live in terms of you can get about with what you want to get about with, whereas in London it's far more intense. I think it's um, 
certain circumstances, to be honest, because you got to think in the early noughties, there were Brazilians moving to Middlesbrough. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Middlesbrough, <laughs> but that is like hell it, is. it is. There's no reason to ever be there, let alone live there. So I wouldn't read too much into it. I think the, the London thing would always be, especially as long as players have wives, you'll always have Do you London. think if Ancelotti's at Sheffield United, or even <laughs> Wolves is probably it, Beck, do you think he's going to live in Birmingham, Wolverhampton, James yeah. Rodriguez? Oh, Jack said he's from Columbus. No, be worse than that. <laughs> well, then, he has since lived in Munich and yeah. Madrid, so... I, I mean, he would probably have slightly more of a drug problem than he would in his hometown of, <laughs> of Columbia in Liverpool, but that's something he's just got to get used to. You have also, you've also got to think, wherever these players move, they go into a nice suburb somewhere where they commute in or whatever, aren't they? It's not like, you know, he's not throwing himself into the middle of the roughest part of Liverpool or Birmingham or whatever, is he? So, I'm sure there was he's a good, by okay. There was a good um, article on The Athletic and they were saying about how um, teams like Swansea, for example, they wouldn't bring, if they wanted a flash new sign-in, they wouldn't bring him to Swansea. They'd meet him in London. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, and so once the deal's <laughs> over the line, then they'll bring him in and have the facilities that they're sharing with the sports hall rather than have them down there before they sign. And they say a lot of the teams that probably in your less glamorous places, so your Stokes, your Blackburns, your Boltons, when they're in the top flight, even down to probably your Sheffield United and such now, they take you straight down to London, have a meeting down there rather than yeah. come down to... <laughs> Yeah, that's what they did with, you know, that spate of signs that Borough had. They just showed them around London. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Who was it? There was a thinking this is where they were going to be living. There was a story about um, oh, what was the the player that came to Swansea on loan and was meant to be a big thing. but Ronaldo was, Sanchez? Yeah. So yeah. The, the story about him where he kind of didn't really know what he was getting himself into. He wasn't too pleased to move. And they say the first thing that happened when they came to meet him is he got out of the car straight into this massive puddle and just looked around like, what am I doing here? And the thing is as well, that Swansea, of all places, has just been voted the worst entrance to a city in Europe. So they've actually, they've had to, they've had to spend loads, like millions on regenerating the entrance to Swansea because I do that drive for work very often and it is horrible yeah i went to their ground a couple of seasons back it it's pretty horrific everything around it was quite nice on like the view and that from the inside but everything around the outside of it was horrendous yeah and i've been to bolton and blackburn as well so this <laughs> to stand out compared to them was quite something we're fucking checking off half the country here <laughs> i was gonna say when did this turn into the estate agent show or our place in the country for footballers edition well i mean Depending on the time of the day, I think, is how we see things differently. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is, in early in the day, we all go for yeah, we all go logistical living arrangements. Yeah, the so we get the back to the game. James Rodriguez <laughs> scored his first goal, so he got off the mark there. Um, Calvert Lewin bagged the hat trick, as we said. West Brom ended up down to ten men. Um, Kieran Gibbs was sent off. I, we didn't really get much more as to what happened there because. I understand you'd be frustrated, but I didn't think he was that type of player that's going to lash out like that. So I don't know if there's been anything that's come out since that I've missed. Have you seen the thing as he's walking off the pitch? I saw a video of him saying, I'll do it fucking again as well. Yeah, to Coleman. Seamus yeah. Coleman's telling me, you're a hard man. 
It's, it's, it's strange. It also is quite alarming when you see that these players aren't standing out of West Brom and they were Arsenal's first choice left back for about five years. <laughs> it's one of those nothing slaps, though, that he's just got reeled into it where you just don't react to those. And it was such a pitiful punch. If you're going to get sent off, sure, you just want to whack him as hard as you can. Yeah. Like, it's like, get what, actually plant one on in there because. You're getting a red either way. <laughs> Mike Dean did himself no, no favours, did he? He's not winning himself any more fans. I couldn't believe he did 90 minutes on Crouchy's podcast. And there's some people that were convinced he was just, just this funny, misunderstood bloke off the back of that. He irritated me more listening to that than he already did beforehand. <laughs> I think as well, it's just the injustice of it all. It's like the teacher where you get yourself into more trouble by arguing the point. And you just the injustice of the situation is worse than the actual what you think the crime is. Like you can't talk to him in the tunnel, which is what the rule is, because they're getting changed in a port cabin around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole reason he said was because he came on the pitch. He didn't swear at him. We saw the what well, we heard the audio played back, and all he's doing is just asking him to check again. I understand it sets a precedent that if he tolerates that than what happens to lower league refs etc but at the same time you can have a bit of common sense there yeah at Bon Lahore's started working for TalkSport at least going on there more frequently and I keep seeing the clips of him popping up and he went in on Mike Dean he tweeted his back out saying one more time for Mike Dean you're waste man <laughs> saying about one he said he's the most arrogant bloke he's ever had the experience of coming across in his life but I think he's also trying to get himself out there because he did the whole... Uh, he was like, I'll tell you what, if the penalty was given in this game against me, I'd go over there and smash the VAR machine up, mate. So, <laughs> not doing yourself many favours there. But Mike Dean, it does seem that no one that's ever been in his company really has a good word to say about him other than Crouchy now that he's not a player anymore. And the fact that during the Tranmere... Um, Forest Green playoff, he was giving it absolute stacks trying to be a superstar there as well. Yeah, that was irritating me. When he stood on the railings at the new lawn. Yeah, he's an awful bloke. Yeah. I guess what a couple of positives for West Brom is they at least handled themselves when they had 11 men for the most part. Dean Garner's got off the mark, maybe kind of proving that he was the right kind of guy for them to spend money on. And then Pereira scores a beauty of a free kick from 30 yards out, but ultimately just not enough. I can't tell if strikers are getting better at striking the ball or if keepers are getting worse at saving it. I don't know if the ball travels quicker. Okay. I don't know, but like Pickford there in that goal, you know where he's going. He's going across it. He's never going to go near post when he's hitting it with his left foot. So surely... You should be getting to that. It just looked like he died, didn't move in the air, and his arms weren't long enough. It just it's, it was they, it was a really odd goal to see. Yeah, don't they try and say like the don't the coaching staff try and tell him essentially like just make sure it doesn't go in your side, and if his top bins on the other side, there's not too much you can do about it. But mm. there is that. Uh, it didn't look like one that you could chastise him too much for letting in, but at the same time... It I think like, it's the way he dives, but he, he looks dives. Just... <laughs> he looks really unorthodox. Like, a keeper usually dives, 
he misses it, you think fair enough. But he like flails midair. It's like a really <laughs> weird action to watch. You've got to think, Calvert-Lewin, I mean, we're two games in, but if he can keep this up, he's going to be making a case for the Euros when you think we were saying a couple of months back that Mason Greenwood was going to be a shoo-in if he carried things on. Yeah. He's going to be so- sharing, even if you take out the incident, he's going to be sharing his game time, whereas Calvert-Lewin's going to be in there week in, week out. I don't think anyone dislodges Kane, though. I think Southgate's set. No, but you're still going to have it. You're still going to bring a squad, aren't you? Yeah, but look at Danny Ings. Danny Ings, he's on fire, goal scoring wise, and he got what, 20 minutes across two games. Yeah, two friendlies. I mean, but we're saying when you look at the squad, the yeah. likes of Greenwood were in the squad, so you're going to yeah. say I think someone it's... like that. It's going to be him, the likes of him, Tammy, that kind of player. It's going to be battling for probably the final strikers spot. I don't think Tammy will this season. So Tammy's going to be struggling, isn't he? I mean, yeah. I was just chucking that kind of level of player in that there. Ilk. Yeah. That group. Yeah. yeah. So. Leeds Fulham then. So Leeds second game in kind of proved it wasn't so much a fluke against Liverpool with their goal scoring and it wasn't just that they were playing against the quality of Liverpool as to why they're conceding goals. So. Yeah, 16 years absence at Ellen Road, they come back <laughs> and you get a fun game to watch, but I can't imagine that Bielsa is too happy when he gets back afterwards and uh, watches the footage. Yeah, I find it weird that they can concede four to Liverpool at Anfield, but then go and concede three at home to Fulham the next game after Fulham looked so abject against Arsenal. To be fair, think... Fulham didn't look good against Leeds. They just seemed to put no. the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I mean, it was 4-1 at one point, wasn't it? So, yeah, because you know, I, I like actually could have been and then switched over at that point to PlayStation and put it on my laptop, expecting not much was going to happen. And then towards the end of the game, they gave him a bit of a fright. Bamford looked sharp again, I thought, though. He did. He looked... Maybe signing a striker is the best thing that could have happened to him in that mm. it's kind of showing he's going to have to pull his finger out. And Rodrigo's goal-scoring record over the last two seasons hasn't been fantastic. So maybe Bamford is going to do the unthinkable and keep him out of sight. Looks like he might. He looks quicker than he has done as well, strangely. I don't know whether maybe the defenders were just couldn't get the handbrake off or what, but he, I don't know. He looks... The fourth goal in particular, it really sharp, didn't he? Where he came in off the wing and then pulled it back across the box to Costa. So, yeah, maybe we've uh, been a bit harsh on him. Doesn't help that he was kind of labelled as being one of England's kind of next big prospects when he was at Chelsea. And then one lone move after the other. And that seems to happen with... uh, Some Chelsea players (laughs) who kind of fade into obscurity a bit and next thing you know, you're squabbling around looking for a club in the championship. Especially when you throw the next English talent tag on that as well. It's always uh, fated to end badly. Yeah. Um, You then add United against Palace. So I think every man and his dog was waiting for United in their acre. Obviously, <laughs> that, that didn't come off, but that is kind of the bonus of having United in your acre because at least if they do lose, you do have something to be happy about. It, it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. awful when they draw and it costs you. But if if, if they're getting piped like that by Palace, it's hard to be too upset. 
just too funny to be worrying about missing money. Yeah, it's it's not like they tried making out for a bit that United had just played badly, which they did. But Palace also looked really good. Yeah, after after Liverpool, they said that Palace have got the most wins against the big six away from home in the Premier League. Of the last like five seasons, I think it was. I didn't think it was a typical Palace performance either. I thought they looked after the ball well and took the game to United rather than on, on the yeah, counter so much. Yeah, exactly that. It wasn't just you know parked in and I think Cena said it. On he said, "I've got to apologise for what I said earlier." Where he said they normally play survival football. That wasn't survival football. They like you said, they took it to them. So not a great look for United in that sense. No, if you can I lose to Palace, you can't get played outplayed by Palace. I think Zaha. One played where the points prove at Old Trafford and yeah. played like a player that wants to justify the money that Crystal Palace is going to ask for him. Mm. Um, but I thought we had an excellent game. I thought the finishes, like the, the first finish, the second finish, sorry, was brilliant. The way he kind of hit it so hard and low is so difficult for a goalkeeper to save that. Yeah, the penalty was rubbish again. <laughs> Pogba, Pogba was also rubbish. I mean, I'm not even just in a, in a case of dogging Pogba, but I know that he was COVID positive. So I don't know if he was one of them where he was just kind of asymptomatic or if he was genuinely ill with it, because it might explain because he's not even getting about the pitch too, too well. He, he, he born... must have been the first case ever of it then, because he's done that for fucking ages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His ball retention was terrible as well, but his work rate to win it back after he lost us in a couple of clips of like a 30 second spell where he just lost the ball three times. I think I, think I saw the same clip yet yeah, because they were highlighting how he doesn't track it back in that. You've got also Bruno Fernandes runs past him to tear and that gas of his ball that Pogba's lost. Yeah. And then he goes and wins it back and Pogba loses it again. He's probably thinking, what the fuck did I bother doing that? Yeah. I saw a Twitter thread earlier of some kid complaining about uh, how he, he was anxious because he was thinking he was in everyone's group chat because he was being told this is what Tammy Abraham, not Tammy Abraham, Timo Werner has been like since he came to England and it's essentially a chubbier looking kid that looks slightly like Timo Werner. And then the replies is <laughs> a kid that comes saying, uh, I know, I, I know how you feel, mate. People say I look like a B-Tech Bruno Fernandes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but you really need to see it because of all the things that you could really be complaining about, those are two things that I, I didn't expect uh, to be seeing on my timeline. Um, the penalty then, so Jack, you referenced it there. Did any of us think <sighs> it was... Yeah, I mean, in real time, did anyone think it was a penalty because it wasn't even appealed for by the defenders? By the strikers, no. sorry. No, I, I didn't in real time or in the replay, never. No, same. In the replay, it even looks like it hits his chest. Like, it definitely does hit his hand, but they just seem to be overcomplicating things for the sake of it. Like, you don't need a rule of that. It can be quite simple, whether you say it's that you're trying to take subjective decisions out of it. It's, it's one There's of those... There's got to be some kind of like common sense involved. It's true. It's mm. one of those, though, that if it's for your team, you scream for it. If it's against you, you're fuming if it's given. So that's the thing they didn't. Football fans, though, if we're if we're screaming for that one, I reckon. Like if you're screaming for that and you're fuming, your team didn't get a pen for it. I reckon. 
it's not like his arm was, you know, miles out or anything no. like that. No, it's it was horrendous. Um, also, Sheffield are down to 10 million, so if anyone has uh, John Egan in their fantasy team, you know. Oh, a lot of people have him. I have on him, um, Bernie. With that, I didn't really see much contention with the fact that he was retaken because that's been a rule now for two seasons. So, yeah. United saying about the amount he was off his line, he's still off his line. I, I, I tweeted that they weren't complaining about Zahar's goal being ruled out for offside, saying about the amount he was offside by. That's one where it quite literally is cut and dry. There's no debate in it. I agree. And I don't agree it should be a rule because the whole reason... It, it you should be. be. Give, you want to give the keeper a chance. They still Otherwise, have a chance, though. Look at Alisson. Alisson kept his foot on his line. No, you're right. It was just a poor penalty. But because we used to, we had that phase where you'd have a penalty shootout, keepers would be at the edge of their six yard box by the time yeah, the, by the yeah, time the penalty's true. been taken. Yeah. I, just, I guess the only thing for with it. that is wondering how often they're enforcing this. Like, is it every time the keeper comes off his line they're making a retake? It's it would, I don't know, but it would seem crazy to me that every penalty that's been taken and hasn't been retaken, the keeper hasn't come off his line at some point. Yeah, I'd be surprised by that. I loved the Gary Neville in play commentary as well, where it's just kind of nothing play around the halfway line. You he was hearing, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, uh oh, what's you're going, what's on, going here? on here? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, they're not going to make him re- make him retake it, are they? And it's it's just brilliant to hear the fan come through. Like, it's it's great to hear. He tries to suppress it for a bit and it just yeah. comes out. He can't help it, can he? Exactly. And then he goes full United fan where it's like, that's <laughs> ridiculous. That is well, ridiculous. On here that he does it in a way that's entertaining and BT have tried doing it with Genus and it just doesn't work. No. No, no it really doesn't. Like, there's what... something like quite, I don't know if charming is the right word, but you kind of can get involved whether it, whether you're pleased with what Neville's saying or whether you're in on it all going wrong. Whereas Genus doesn't really have the personality to go with it and no. he is just completely like won over by Spurs in every sense of the word so you don't even get any really good commentary out of it either he's so whiny with it as well I go back to when we beat him in the FA Cup semi and he just tried to whine as well there's no way that we should have lost that and it's kind of transpired into his commentary style that Spurs can do absolutely no wrong whereas Gary Neville will quite happily berate United's performance and what's not gone well for them, just as a fan would. It's refreshing to hear, whereas Genus is just so pro Tottenham, it's sickening. He was class when they got battered by Everton last season, wasn't he? Where he had like a six minute rant after yeah. the game. Definitely. Same happened the year before, and I was enjoying it, and then we lost to Palace. So. <laughs> I, I made, made a mistake. It looked like I made a mistake of laughing uh, this Saturday. Van der Beek scored on his debut, so that's one slight positive. They did ask Solskjaer any other positives to take from the game, and he said not really. So. <laughs> I'm quite surprised that Luke Shaw spoke to the press about saying that United need reinforcements, because left-back is one of the first places yeah. they're trying to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> he should be coming out saying, no, no, I think we're good here. We, no he wants back on FIFA and then KFCs, doesn't he, Jack? Yeah, definitely. 
It's anyways McDonald's, by the way. So just so yeah. very particular of his fans. More, yeah, he's more of a McDonald's fan. Who have United got next in the league? Uh, Brighton. Oh. Well, if they played like they did against Chelsea, maybe. Well, they Brighton are going well, especially yeah, yeah so. Brighton. Obviously, yeah, obviously we'll come on to their game, I imagine. Yeah. But I, I had the pleasure this weekend of watching pretty much every single game, just for one reason or another, which is a very your bird must have been away. No, she was actually here, but um, I think it was just timings and what she was doing. So I think I watched pretty much every single match. Nice. Um, Arsenal then. So Arsenal beat West Ham 2-1. Probably quite similar to how United fared in the Palace game, but Arsenal defended a bit better and had a bit more luck on their side. So we come out with the win, whereas it quite easily could have gone the other way around. Lacazette gets a goal, but he's done nothing to charm me there. Heading it in from two yards out, he's not doing much. <laughs> and then big man Eddie does the business. Antonio was always going to score after I said on here that I'd go up against him and Declan Rice two on one and bat myself. <laughs> he heard it and he took that personally, Michael Jordan style. <laughs> I think it was a, it was good for Gabriel to get to go up against him because for all of his technical kind of deficiencies he is that kind of striker that you only really seem to get in the Premier League but in that he's not going to give you a single moment he's very physical why are you rustling around his pin someone's rustling do my Sweden for the last 20 minutes I've been on mute for most of it cannot be me I see Alex he looks like I'm moving so he just doesn't stop today, does he? I I don't see how it can be me. I, I reckon it's just noise over the n- noise over just like the wavelength or whatever. Well, when me and TK just do it with us, we don't hear it. Well, I don't know. It must be the fourth thing then. Well, hold on, I'll mute mine. Well, it doesn't matter now. I've heard it. It just uh, put me off my trailer thought. Um, yeah, Antonio is a good test for any kind of new centre back to the league. So. He's kind of got that out of the way with now. Maybe I'll know a bit better what's going on because usually that kind of big physical striker when you're playing against him in a foreign league is someone like Higuain who isn't really going to give you a shove and then put the burners on afterwards. So good to get out of the way. Got the win. Saw some criticism for Arteta celebrating at full time, which I didn't really understand because pulled it out of the bag when we really didn't deserve to win. So we'll take that and... Uh, he did look very buzzing. I was wondering if he had some sort of beef with West Ham. <laughs> well, he he did say good. before the game that he was expecting it to be quite difficult. So it highlighted the issues. Yeah, highlights the so did I, which made it worse. <laughs> yeah, it highlights the issues that we have in midfield. I mean, we had sixty-four percent of the ball and yet eight less shots than West Ham. So just I think... need some creativity in there desperately, and hopefully we get some movement this week. My takeaway, yeah, my takeaway from it was that a better team puts you to bed there. Um, West Ham had some glorious chances that they spurred. So, it's an well, interesting... The issue, with the lack of creativity, we're, we're often relying on having Tierney in there and his distribution from the back. And with him being out, you had Kalasanac in there, who is <laughs> god-awful. Oh. When you call him Kababanach, that was brilliant. Yeah, Christ. He was 
dreadful. People picking up Lacazette just for scoring, which I'm really not seeing myself. Bob holding, god awful. This kind of energy where Lacazette scored two goals in two games, and you're yeah. hating on him. <laughs> but it's well, the kind of, ener- it- kind of energy that you berate Chelsea fans for William for. Maybe everyone's really caught that player. Don't understand the parallel there, because William was offering a lot more than tapping it in from on the goal line. That's why he's taking off in the 65th minute. You all have we're all about Chelsea or for Arsenal? Huh? We're all thought we're all about criticising William at Chelsea no, because no, no I, Arsenal I, fans were criticising William no, on Saturday. I, 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 thought, I thought you meant uh, last... Putting in, you got more from William last game. Misread it, my mistake. No, he was, he was doing, his, doing his bit. I don't think it was a particularly good performance for anyone. Even Lacazette didn't... Uh, even Abamian didn't have a great game aside from... The assist. I thought our best player was our centre back, which summed things up pretty well, yeah. and to show commitment to the cause, I did see a compilation of uh, saying Granite Xhaka's second half against West Ham. So, <laughs> just to show you that some of these people will really find something out of nothing to uh, praise <laughs> a particular player, because I've been praising him in recent weeks, but did not see anything <laughs> that was charming me. This uh, Saturday night, so nice to get a win, but you'll hope we're going to improve before Liverpool next Monday. Hopefully a nice addition to the midfield before then would be nice as well. If not, we'll have to maintain that and beat and run against Klopp regardless. Southampton Spurs then. Sun scores four. Kane gets Three was it three assists or four? Four assists. Four assists. Four assists. Okay. Um, and one goal. Yeah, they referenced it in commentary, saying you can quite clearly see how Southampton did concede nine, go- nine goals in one game because they seemed to down tools after Kane's maybe second goal, and it was rough from there on out. Every single pass was splitting them wide open. You've got to think damage limitation at some point. They wouldn't have had their line quite so high. Yeah, every time, every time, pretty much after about the 70th minute, every time the ball went into their half, we looked like we were going to score. Um, I think the Celso coming on at half time was pretty decisive in the respect that he was able to create that link up play to Kane, who would then play and some would play often which works really nicely um it's nice it's worth saying like uh, it's, it's worth saying about Deli Ali not featuring I think more than anything it, to get a result like that is pretty decisive when the manager makes a key decision like that because there were rumours floating around in the like apparently that there was players in the change room not happy um well, but you we, get well, a we, like, we can get into that um now yeah yeah but here, not having Deli Ali featuring um, and playing, having the Celso there, having a bit more freedom, Deli Ali wasn't there to hold up the ball, which I think brought the Celso into the game a little bit more when he was play- when he was there in the second half. Um, the Dor- uh, I think uh, Son K- Kane as well. I think he affected Deli Ali not being there as well. I think Kane just dealt with the whole his positioning a lot better as well. Um, but I think when. In recent, in the last two seasons, Deli Ali and Kane being on at the same time, you just 
it's just Deli Ali would take a lot of those balls and hold it up, and Kane wouldn't be the end up like he would end up in no man's land. Kane just I don't I, I don't think against other teams you're gonna have Kane dropping back to the halfway line to be mm. making passes. I think he realised pretty early on in the game that that's how he was best to influence it in Sun's pace, which Kane's not slow, but he's not fast like Sun. And it just seemed like a good adjustment to me. I'm not sure you're going to get that from Kane every week, whether Ali's in the team or not. I don't think he will be. But Well, so you confirmed this week um, signing of um, Reguillon at left-back. Gareth Bale's return to the club on a season-long loan. Um, unclear how much of the wages are being paid. I saw 50% being floated about, but that's not confirmed anywhere. Do Spurs now have the best attacking line, attacking uh, three in the league, in Sun, Kane and Bale? On paper, sorry, you you go, you go. I think think that's a stretch because we don't entirely know what Bale we're getting back in the respect that I don't think he's that bail that gets you 20 plus, you know, around heading towards the golden boot sort of area of the season. I, I don't think he gets that many. Part of me thinks that he's probably going to come back in more of a creative role or like, uh, it, obviously before uh, sort of, you're wondering how he's going to work playing alongside Kane and Son when you've already got Sane sort of hinging off Kane, has Son hinging off Kane like he did in the game of the weekend. I know we sort of covered that Kane isn't going to probably do that in every match, but having the two of them doing that, I mean, Bale's obviously had that to work with before when he when we had Crouchy in the team, but we don't know what pace he's working with these days. So, it, particularly coming from a Spanish, coming from playing in Spain, where obviously the game is entirely different over there, there's a lot more passing of the ball, um, it's a lot slower. It'd be interesting to see how he sort of comes back, whether he just sort of stays deep. And has a bit more of a creative flair to him, um, like 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 you said, Byron. He's guaranteed to get a long range. He's guaranteed to get a long range shot in in the first game that he plays. Um, but I think it's a stretch to say that we've got the strongest front three in the league because it's completely unproven on if they're going to work together and if Bale's either going to be played in that sort of role, which I'm yeah. quite doubtful over. I think if we this- go. No, I was just going to say, I think the speed of the Premier League aids Bale's game, personally, because with kind of the Spanish, the Spanish league being a bit slower, a bit more methodical, there's not as much space to exploit. Whereas when you've got attacking wingbacks flaring up, and if he is playing wide on the right or wide on the left, if he does come back with the same pace, and we have seen him for Wales games, and his pace is still there. It's not gone. It's not disappeared yet. Um, I think there's going to be so much space for him to use his pace in. I think it will suit him. But it's how many games a season you get him for. That's the main question with Bale. I was going to say, if we go to you, TK, quickly. If you say, I'd assume you think Liverpool have the best front line in the league. So if you were to say Liverpool's is a 10, where would you put Spurs' front line in comparison? Yeah, look, I think Jack was going to say on paper... And I was thinking in my head on paper, this because at first when you asked the question, I thought this is a bit almost disrespectful to some of the other teams. But then I look at it, Why it is. Think, my brother phoned me yesterday and said, "Do you think Spurs are the best front line in the league now?" No, thought, it's it's not a million miles off, is it? It's on paper, it's great. Um, 
the issue being, I, I tend to agree with you. I think Bale will be good. I don't think he's a million miles off the player he was, to be honest. I think if you give him a running games, he'll prove himself to be just as good. But it's how many that he will get injured. It's not like he's not yeah. going to. It's how <laughs> many games now. you get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and look, to the same extent, Kane, he tends to have a couple of months out of the season. Yeah, so, that, that, I mean, that's a valid point. I mean, you know, we're talking about, you know, take Bale out of it for one second. Kane, you know, yeah, yeah. hardly featured last season. So you can Two hardly say... Two foods in that front three could end up being out. Yeah. Um, I do think the position is pretty straightforward in how it'll go. That you're going to have Son and Bale on the wings and Kane through the middle. I don't think Bale's going to be dropped deep at all because that would take away the exact point that he's been signed for. But then he's played sort of number 10 role before... And, you know, particularly with Spurs, I know AJ mentioned about when Crouch was there. So it, he can, there's flexibility there. But as we've spoken about with Jose before, I don't think he's exactly adventurous with what he's going to do with his attackers. He's like, you three, crack on, and I'll try and get us defensively organised. Well, yeah, he doesn't think... ever buy attackers and really grow them, does he? He no, likes no. proven Ready attackers made. so he can essentially have his tactics defensively and then attackers you go out there and do the rest I think as well it's been smart with Bale that last season they suffered many parts of the season like I said with injury or suspension where they'd have both Son and Kane out it's having that I'm not sure it's play. smart then if he's the one you go for to well, make yeah. up it if, if you can almost guarantee a player's going to get you goals it's going to be Gareth Bale like, injuries aside when he's fit he's going to probably end up bagging a few and goals is where they suffered last season but where who do they look to playing Bergwijn up front, playing Lucas Moura through the middle? Like he gives that extra dimension um, that Spurs don't have. Plus it's that that superstar signing. I know he's injured. Yeah. I know that he's he, he may not be the same player as when he left, but at the same time he may have learned new things from playing at Real Madrid for so long. They make him better. I think I think he literally is the perfect signing. Before it even became, before it even wow. broke, it's an actual rumor <laughs> that it was going to happen. Like without sounding too like fairy tale Tottenham fan, what I mean by it is when, particularly when we looked at like co- the coverage of the of the Spurs documentary, All or Nothing, and the mentality the mentality that was in that change rooms, and it just kind of looked dead. And you go to the first game of the season, and you you know you're worried about what you're seeing. A signing like that in the change rooms. I mean, literally, I really don't care if he's injured a third of the season. Having him featuring in the squad, having him... What the hell are you talking about? Well, if he, if he, if he, if he's there, he will bring that... Like, I can honestly... He won't be, will he? He'll be playing golf. By the end of the season, by the end of the season, if he's got the captain's armband, I wouldn't be surprised because he's actually somebody in the change rooms who I think hopefully will have a bit of swag and will hopefully make them realise they've got... Swag. I wasn't expecting that. mentality tells me... Ill down tools. Yeah. yeah. I I think I can kind of see where AJ's coming from, where who in that dressing room is one anything. I know we've got Louise mm. winning the World Cup. True. Um, but apart from that, outfield players-wise, who's won anything of note, really? And it's, it's that player that's scored and won Champions League finals for that club. Uh, mm. If that Jose can't instill the mentality, then... Gareth Bale is going to. Well, you need the players to have yeah, that mentality that's it. as well. Yeah, that's isn't it? That you need it, to have someone bit... on the pitch that can do yeah. something a bit different and that's had that experience of winning so he knows what it takes to win that he can drag the other players on. 
and they it don't is have a, currently. It's a move that you know. It's it makes the whole. It turns the whole thing round. It doesn't make it feel like a sinking ship anymore. It feels like you know, like there's still some confidence from the hierarchy that like I know he's going to cost us twenty odd million, twenty odd million a season just to have him on the books. You know, but it's it it's sort of they're still throwing money in the squad. I mean, I don't I I'm scratching my head as to where these this these this money's coming from, but. I think it's going to sports gonna, washing. I think we're desperate to move. I think I think we're going to. I think we're going to have to be uh, hopefully desperate to move Dali Ali off the books somehow. I think that's pretty obvious for if the stories are true. No one's taking him. Mm. I know, Who's going to drop that money? You're going to need. I I really don't get. I really PSG do not. I, I really do not get anybody who's defending. That, like the, the not not with Jose Mourinho's move to take him out of the squad, I really don't get it. I've seen a number of people no, stating it. I was just like, right, you've watched you've watched the Spurs documentary. He doesn't come across well. Jose no. Mourinho in that in that documentary clearly made it made him aware that he likes him and he wanted to give him a good shot. He's given him a good shot. If you look at his stats, I somewhat disagree. Stats, what? Go on. In that. You're saying that you don't see how you could disagree with Jose there, whereas Jose does have a history of doing this in that mm. he's he'll pick a kind of a, a younger player out, a point to the bad attitude, and look look as far as Kevin De Bruyne and the number of players that Chelsea let go under his time there that he kind of just banished from the squads and things like that. And look, yeah, I'm not sure Deli Ali is the consummate professional, but. I also don't think it's uh, just a one-sided thing there, and I'm not sure. What does he bring? You don't to live to regret what? it. I, I think what, the look, is... I don't like Deli Ali. Like... We're not just going to write him off as a dreadful player. <laughs> first season in the league, he was one of the most sought-after talents that we had there. United, we were talking about ready to drop closer to 100 million than 50 million on him. So there's something that's happened there. Spurs yeah, lack of on him. Uh, progression alongside. But I don't think Jose particularly helped. There's only so much you can do and just shouting at players to be a bastard and Kane <laughs> screaming out whatever he's screaming out in the changing room isn't, isn't <laughs> going to do that. So, hey, maybe Deli Ali's mentality is actually the better one and he's getting out to win something. No, you no, know, not at all. Not at all. You, you, you know full well that's a load of... To, to even remotely think if that. If Deli Ali leaves, Deli, who do you think he wins trophies up. more? Jose at Spurs or Deli Ali? Well, we don't even know Mourinho. where he's going yet. Jose Mourinho says, if Deli Ali was that prospect and people didn't clearly get an idea of what he's going to be like in a squad and what he trains like, he would have been snapped up by now, but he's not being snapped up. Right now, I can see him being... He's not going to... None of the top clubs in the Premier League will snatch him off us. And I and think if he ends up... The only club that's potentially going to sign him that are on the rumours has just got too much money to care about. And I was like, yeah, we'll give him a go and see what he's like. But the thing is, all, Daniel Levy needs to realise that you can't exile someone from a squad and also ex- expect big money for them because one doesn't equate to the other. So either yeah. you want him gone and you have to take a reduced fee or he, he, he's a talent that's worth this much cash and if that's the case, well, the thing is, than your squad. The thing is, it's premature at the moment. I mean, he's only been dropped out of one, one he's been dropped out of two games so far. Um, and he's Mourinho's playing his game in terms of making it obvious that it's purely a tactical decision. Um, and in all in all honesty, I think 
let's just see. It, it could just be exactly what he needs. He could be. He's had a consistent run in the squad, especially since Bruno started. Without any questions asked, it could be exactly what he needs. You know, I, and I think it'll work at Spurs because you look at you look at like you say, Mourinho's got a track record of doing this. If you go look back when he was at United and you say, in this scenario with Pogba, Pogba carries a lot more ego with him. He carries a lot more influence over the squad. He's a lot more big time. He's got that big transfer over that. He's got the big transfer fee to his name. And I think Mourinho loses that. Well, Mourinho did lose that battle in the end of the influence over the change room. And ultimately the club chose to go with the players over him. You go to Spurs because, ironically, because of the lack of, I don't know, the wetness in that change room, you know, all it takes is a result like you get on the weekend. Nobody's going to throw the toys out of the pram to Mourinho and start to turn against him because I don't, they haven't got it in them and you're getting wins. So I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with his decision whatsoever. So I think the mentality thing at Spurs is being pushed a bit too far. The- the ability does have to match up to the mentality, as we said earlier, in that Spurs, if they suddenly cared a hundred times more, that's not winning you a cup all of a sudden. So you do need a bit more than that. I think when I'm talking about the mentality side of things, I'm talking it more on the side of bouncing back from the Champions League defeat and going all of that, getting that close again and falling at the last third and trying to bounce back from that, not dwelling on it, that's what I mean. But I'm not just isolating it to previous seasons. I think the I think in seasons gone previously it's uh it's not as much a mentality thing. It's well, it's a bottle thing. it's a composure. It's a it's that final decisive win um that they were lacking. I think last season was just literally the heads were down all season. That's that's what I'm getting at. TK if you had to uh, go to the bookies today and place money on the over-under for um, Sun, Kane and Bale to line up over or under 15 times together this season. What would your money be on? I'll go over, but it wouldn't be uh, significantly over. To go back to your original thing of, you know, if it's, you're rating it, if the Liverpool front three, if you call that a 10 and then see where this falls. If they get them all out, I think a nine, nine and a half. What I will think, I think will happen. I think they'll get them out enough. I think they'll play well, but I think there'll be too many games missed. So you'd be, at, I don't know, like a seven. And in all honesty, that I, I, part of what AJ said, I think the club gets a lift by signing someone like Bale. That I think there was a bit of doom and gloom starting to get around Tottenham with losing to Everton in that first game. I think this signing has kind of almost wiped our memories pretending like they weren't dog shit in the first game. Yeah, yeah. I was, and, yeah. And so, how do you think Zach Kane's going to react? And if you look Kane's... at... Sorry. I don't know if Kane's going to like not being the alpha dog there. I, yeah, I, I don't think... know. I've, I've I think he'll like him as someone else. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think the total opposite. I think if it was a position for position challenge, then we'd have been talking differently. But right now, I think Bale compliments Kane and might get Kane like I like I said before, I don't think Kane's got that bite in him to, you know, properly, you know, have that diva attitude towards his position in the squad, and his position in the squad isn't going to be compromised. And I, and you know, for he has been the top boy for us for the last few years, but I don't think he he doesn't carry that in, like he doesn't wear that in an overconfident manner. 
I don't think we've ever seen that from him. So keep I'd that Arsenal, some... Arsenal fan shit stirring to yourself. Hmm. I'd say something you've got to think about is that, that Real Madrid is quite clear they're not going to want Bale back at the end of the season. So no. you might be auditioning yourself to Bale as much as Bale's auditioning himself to you. And you might have to sell that because oh, he's no, probably going to have the pick. If he can stay fit, he's got the pick of the bunch to go to next year. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that at all. Uh, I, I completely agree. If he, if he has, ironically, him having a great season and doing wonders for us makes it even harder for us next season to keep hold of him. You just got to hope that in that scenario, he, you know, is genuinely likes to play for us like as much as he's made out in these promo videos and it, we do all he does Spurs do hold a place in his heart and one of the big boys don't come along and snap him up which is entirely possible so it's 80 yeah. percent of the highlights they showed in that video were in losing losing efforts which was interesting <laughs> last point do does bale win spurs a trophy this season yes crikey which trophy? signing really has gone to your head uh FA or Carling Cup, or FA or League Cup. Pick one. Well. You're having both. One of the two. One of the, <laughs> one of those two. I'll, I'll go with FA Cup. You best hope you don't draw us in the FA Cup, then. <laughs> in on that, on that note, yeah. though, I do, I do think, as I was saying about, I think the bail signing has masked some of the issues at Spurs, and I don't know. I think that's partly he's going to compensate for certain things where he'll win your games on his own. So you can get away with certain things, but I don't think... And look, I share your thoughts on this fellow's saying, but I think he has a right point in his article where he said, that Ollie Holt, where he said, I think he's basically just like a plaster to this problem. And I do. I, I think it's covering up those bigger issues at Spurs. And to be honest, that's now... Daniel Levy has kind of gone away completely from what he normally does and what the club normally does. Panicked and got in Jose. Panicked and got in Bale. Well, and they I, might end up Reggion's a nice pickup. That's a nice pickup. That's very good. You're, forget, you're forgetting that we've signed him. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious where Mourinho's going to go now. You've got, you're going to, you're going to, his clear defined spine is going to be, he's got, you've got Kane, you've got your pinpoint striker, you've got Bale is going to play off of him and around him. Son is going to do a world of good as well. That's but, not sorry, your spine. Sorry, three so, players up top. He's, so, he's no, let, me just, let me just cut you off before you name the whole team. We've got two <laughs> injured players named there. It's, You've it's got the self, a bang average midfield and defenders that are old or average. It's not mm. an ideal spine. I think no, you've got Lacelso in play, and I think the key, I like the, the, the key, the key point is that Lacelso comes out of his shell this season and delivers. Seventy million, by the way. Any, any Mourinho, any Mourinho, any Mourinho team that's been successful relies on a strike, a pinpoint striker, a playmaker, and a solid defence. And right now, is this not? Made, is that not every? It, no, you know what I'm trying to 11 say. Eleven good players. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm trying to say in the respect. No, that, I don't. No, no, because well, that, Liverpool don't have that. Just Liverpool apart. Liverpool have got a complete. Oof. Hang on a minute. What? But let him finish his point. Let him say it. They haven't got a pinpoint striker, have they? They've got a, an amazing front three that work well together. Yeah, but mm. the whole that's the whole reason why they work well because they don't mm. have. Firmino yeah. gives them something completely yeah, that's, that's different. That's my point is, I'm saying that Mourinho hasn't. Mourinho has never had he, a. He Liverpool. wouldn't work like that, would he? No. Yeah, that's, no that's a good point, actually. Yeah, fair enough. Good point. Right, so, so, but he's obviously made it obvious that he's putting faith in Dyer still, and I think I think he's hoping that Dyer 
put some form together and make well there's a, a huge issue <laughs> that, <laughs> i mean that, yeah that's the biggest crack at the moment you think oh like a few more performances and he might be dropped as well and he'll be the next oh, one to follow this is uh, this is fundamentally the problems what so what you're saying is it's relying on it's the, always built on a back, solid back four jose and yeah. the Tottenham defense isn't great in the midfield is questionable and i think people like and Bele and the Celso have obvious talent, but they're also the type of players that if they don't hit and run, Jose has been known to just bomb out of a club. Yeah, so is it? Yeah, it's Tried it with Ndombele. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, if if we uh, move on, because we do still need to talk about Chelsea, Jack, don't we? Um, <laughs> so <Probably> Brighton <laughs> slapped Newcastle yesterday. I. Uh, maybe read a bit too much into the West Ham game so I did have Newcastle in my accumulator so didn't end well um, Mope did his thing game's done within 10 minutes and then uh, they keep it tight and add an extra goal and a man off in the last 10 just to keep it interesting as well so Newcastle kind of reverted to everything that they get criticised for yeah they just it was a flimsy performance I thought and right from the off I thought, like, I was watching with the sound off because I was hoovering, but the penalty, I don't know. It looked like he got the ball. I know it's kind of, did he go through the man? But I thought, you'd give the defender the benefit of the doubt there, wouldn't you? Because there's clear contact on the ball. I don't really know what is and isn't a penalty anymore, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I was I was similar to you, Jackson, where I thought it was a harsh one. Um, I had only watched the highlights, so I don't know whether they were on comms saying that you know that they were split on it. But I was looking mm. and think I'm not, I'm not sure I'd give that. Yeah, because I, I I kind of caught my eye and I was looking over to it. I was like, he looks like he's got the ball. So it, again, it's one of those. If that goes against your team, you are fuming. <laughs> um, but then they just kind of kicked on from there, and the Brighton form, like Chelsea game on Monday, that wasn't a three-one game really. Brighton. No, causes, they play well, don't they? Yeah, Brighton causes no end of mm. trouble. Um, and then we were very fortunate. Man, bad that, man, Lampsy. Yeah. He's on fire. Very, very fortunate that Reese James got a 40 yard rocket straight after he <laughs> conceded another Kepper mistake. Um, and then obviously we got a deflected goal to make it 3 1. So I, th- I thought they were good for a draw, to be fair, against us. And they carried on that form and Tarek Lampsy is showing us why we shouldn't have sold him, really. <laughs> if, to be fair, three million. Like, to be fair, oh. if you've got Reese James and Aspilicueta in front of you, your game time's going to be limited. If you're young, did the right thing by leaving, I imagine, because his game time would have been limited at Chelsea. But you get Reese looks... James in at centre mid. Give him, he, give him a Trent. He, yeah, he looks really good, and his pace is just so electric. I can see him reverting to a winger, maybe, because he's good with his feet. Just needs to pick up on his end product. He shoots too often, but and you're not with it anymore. Yeah, and that. But yeah, what? I thought they were good value for their win, and I think they're the form team at the moment. They've had a decent preseason. They all look fit. They look a yard fitter than when they played us, and they look better than Newcastle did. So well, let's get into the. Next game of Sunday, so Stamford Bridge, Frank Lampard welcomes Jürgen's arrogant Reds. 
we get that same promo package played over and over and over again about them being arrogant and how unhappy he was. Frank definitely was desperate to get one over on Liverpool here, but <laughs> yeah, definitely didn't didn't quite pay out like that. Christensen, I've tried to I've tried supporting you, big man, and you make it very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you look at the first half on basis, Liverpool had all of the ball. We dropped off, and our defense actually, for the most part, up until the 45th minute, looked like it was coping to a degree. Like yeah. it, it looked like we were giving Liverpool possession where we wanted them to have it because we were too scared of their pacing behind um, with Mane and Salah, and we were dropping deep. But then, kind of hoping that if we pumped the ball up and got it to Werner with his pace, he could create something. And on a number of uh, a number of opportunities, a number of occasions, he did. We saw flashes of Kai Havertz when he had the ball, not when. When we have, when he had the ball and Liverpool defence were in front of him, he pulled off some good cutbacks, he pulled off some good runs. You could see there's something there. Where Are he we struggled, calling him a flop yet, Havertz? Where, where, <laughs> we, where he struggled was when the players were in around him and he was trying to get through the lines and not play mm. others in. That's where he struggled. Whereas Werner just took the game to Liverpool and they, he did pretty well. And then in the 45th minute, the whole game plan changes, the whole... Um, setup changes. What looked like a decent tactical first half becomes an absolute horror show because <laughs> we didn't push when we had 11 players and you just knew the one team that you don't want to have, but two teams you don't have 10 men against is City and Liverpool because they make the space in I the mean, pitch and they amplify the fact that you've got one less player. We so spoke well. about William going off on 62 minutes. Uh, Havertz did go off after 45 after another disaster class um, I'm not even going to rise to that <laughs> what do you mean he did go off after 45 minutes <laughs> yeah he did because we brought on a centre back because we had a centre back sent off I mean half time and let's be honest he's had four days with the team he hasn't had any oh, pre-season I mean, the, the slam you're the pepe slam no, after no, 20 no, minutes so. no you're, you're <laughs> going to leave a Mason Mount who's fitter than Kai Havertz because the chances are you're not going to be able to sub him off later um, I but, understand Dr- winning at Stamford Bridge with 10 men isn't for everyone we got a 2-2 <laughs> win with 10 men yeah. Chelsea so TK what did you find about the first half what did you think about the first half you were you are right I thought we had the better of it but we weren't creating an awful lot and Chelsea looked right at the back and they did mm. manage to get a couple of situations where they got Werner one-on-one with Fabinho yeah. Presumably is what they would have wanted, but Fabina did do well, to be fair. He to did. Me. He did very well, I thought. Um, it's quite a boring first half, which is probably the best compliment you can play to. Com- pay to Chelsea played early on. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd, and I'd then, agree. and then, like you said, once the red card happens, it's, I did fear potentially Chelsea just sitting and then we have, a, again, a, maybe a really boring second half, but I don't know whether it's fitness or what, but Chelsea pretty quickly, I thought, weren't up to it, were they chasing 11, which is obviously hard anyway, like you said Wait. against. Even exactly. those top team. And I think as well with the fact that we've got four big players out at the moment and we haven't bedded in on you guys yet. Some of them have had four days pre-season. This is... So other is than, everyone. 
I... No, but no, I mean, like, there's teams like, for example, Brighton, where they've been together for a few weeks now and they've played a few preseason friendlies. Come on, Joe. Where you've, you've got <laughs> you've got teams that say have international players. You've got teams that we've signed late. Well, Liverpool have the exact same issues then. But again, you're coming off a team that lost three times last season. It's a bit different. I think we did well against a team of Liverpool's quality with the preparation we had. Liverpool were expected to win that as champions against a team that finished fourth last season. When you don't um, have the players as well, you probably don't want someone like Lampard's game management on the side. <laughs> well, again, I think his tactics were pretty much there or thereabouts in the first half. A bit negative. However, I can see what he's thinking with having 60 days ago conceded five against them. And in the first half, he's conceded three. And it was an uphill struggle from there. And you think our danger men really of Pulisic and Ziyech who are creators and we didn't have either of them. Um, I think it's hard. How did you feel when you saw Thiago warming up? <laughs> yeah, I did not feel happy about that <laughs> whatsoever. And then he came Set a record for most passes completed in uh, it, 45 minutes of football, didn't he? It, and yeah, outpassed the entire Chelsea side. Again, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a great like, game to come into for your debut, isn't it? As a middle in the middle of midfield. Yeah, like a, a down to ten, a big game, down to ten against an unfit team, and we looked just terrible in the second half. You tore us to shreds. I can't believe this. <laughs> I thought uh, a uh, a separate takeaway aside from Jack Summer, Jack's excuse making maybe um, was <laughs> um, obviously the the Kepa thing is a situation that's, that's going to have to be resolved. <laughs> yeah. I, I did think. Chelsea season could live and die on how much Thiago Silva's got left in the tank. Yeah. As for well, Chelsea but... defended well in this game, but I wouldn't want a stretch where you have Zuma and Christensen who's just sent her off. No, but again, at the same time, Zuma didn't look too bad and Tomori did well when but he came on. He did, I, I quite like Tomori in fairness as a, as a young centre-back. Um, mm. the, the, the Zuma thing, I, I kind of think he's got a game like that in him. But then yeah. you'll have a, another stretch of games where you think he's not up to the... Yeah. To, be, to get to where Chelsea want to get to. Yeah, and I agree. I don't know I that agree. he can be your guy. I've never really seen it with Christensen. I know Byron said he's tried to go out to bat for him. I've never been a, a big fan myself. He's I Danish, basically. Yeah. He's, he's got a massive... Like, he's what? got a wealth of... Ta- he's got a, wealth of, <laughs> a massive wealth of talent. <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't say head because... Man, you know, pause it. Like, pause it. There's a last in the team, is it? Fair enough. Pause it. Pause at the wrong moment. I mean... This is with, with, without sounding too much. If my mum had wheels, she'd be a bike kind of comment. But on another day, Kepa doesn't make that mistake. On another day, Jorginho buries a penalty as he has done mm. in every penalty previously. And then I we're was talking about miss it, yeah, yeah. And we're, and we're talking about a one-one great character from the lads' performance. So I can't believe he's not let Timo take it. I know, I know, but he scored one against twice Ryan, now, and he is the he is the um. Penalty taker, but you're right. Like another another thing is, Timo Werner could be on two goals and looking looking pretty decent. Whereas now you're going to get critics saying, "Well, two games he still hasn't scored." When in fact he's starred in pretty much both those games. And I know it was I, offside, but he did have that miss in the first half. That I don't know if yeah. he knew it was offside. It didn't look pretty. <laughs> yeah, I was I was glad that the, flag the way that. he was feasting down that left hand side, Aubameyang is rubbing his hands together ahead of next Monday. Yeah. Give him that time. You leave Paul Trent alone. (laughs) Yeah, I I think all in all, I was looking at this game and I was thinking I didn't expect anything from it from what I saw at Brighton. 
and the fact that I want to see our main team play a few games together before I make any judgments. Um, but I thought, again, Liverpool were good. Seems rusty. There was a lot of balls that kind of went awry. But again, again, everyone's in the same boat in that, in that aspect. Mm. But there's nothing that was on display that game that made me think they're not going to win it again. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, got to see City tonight, I guess, haven't we? Yeah. yeah so you've seen Fabinho at centre-back there. You've seen him at centre-back before. When it comes to Arsenal next Monday, do you start with Gomez or do you start with Fabinho at centre-back? I start with Gomez, um, but I don't, you know, if Fabinho has to play there, I don't have too much problem with it. I think Fabinho is, well. we've kind of had the questions, haven't we, as to who's going to lose their place in the squad for Thiago to fit into that midfield, whereas mm. that does kind of work perfectly if you can have uh, him drop into centre-back and have some games there and you can squeeze everyone in and you know, you never know. I mean, I'm not expecting that to happen and maybe then Trent has to look over his shoulder because Joe Gomez is going for the right-back position as well as the centre-back position. Yeah, which I guess then, competition is, is what you want. Yeah, and I did see a school of thought of rather than us signing a fourth centre-back, that would be essentially that Fabinho will be your fourth option as a centre-back or not fourth option as it turns out if he does get promoted to that role. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I, I don't know if I'd make that big a tactical switch in a game against Arsenal, for example. I'd probably stick to what you know a little bit more in a game like that. But yeah. he, look, Fabinho's, he's only had a handful of games when he's had to play centre out, but he's, he fills in well. He did very well against Chelsea. Mm. It'd yeah, be he interesting to stretch of games whether he would do it. You don't know, but he's never, he's never not done a good job. I feel like I'm, it sounds like I got certain against Leicester, but it's the only game again I didn't watch this week due to the fact the NFL was on. It's much like last week. Um, I didn't Free watch two it thriller. for the same reason. 4-2 in the end. Oh. Um, I didn't watch it either then. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, did anyone want to talk me through it? But um, it looks like we're, we're all going to wear the NFL. Jack says he watched every game in a weekend. So I know, apart from that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I assume Alex can't have missed it. Uh, well, I wanted to be the person who's going to say, "Well, I did," but no, I didn't. I didn't sit, didn't catch well, it. That's not great for um, us, is it? <laughs> no. So I mean, six points. They've uh, kept things moving. No goals for Vardy. Harvey Barnes. I did see him summed up quite perfectly, where they said that uh, I saw someone say, within two years, he could quite easily be starting for a top six team, or he could be starting for a championship team. It really could swing either way with him. That really um, is fun, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Justin doing the business again. Crap, get in there, make the most of some games, Hyman. Well, look, I've I got say Joe that, Rodriguez I... up top in draft and uh, he can't find the net once. I was watching the game to see Dennis Pratt score that screamer, actually. So, and, and that maybe that was the fourth goal, so maybe I've just got it horribly, or horribly wrong. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there we go. I should have known <laughs> it was 40. But uh, yeah, I saw that. That was a screamer. I tuned in so just as had... that was getting whacked in. We had a couple other things to talk over, and if we start with United, so we mentioned the uh, defeat they suffered. As always seems to happen when United are losing, the first thing you get is Gary Neville saying they need to spend two hundred million in commentary. <laughs> they'll go back round to the punditry chair and they'll chuck all sorts of names out there and say, "Look, as if as if it's nothing, we're supposed to ignore it." They'll say we need a centre back, we need a left back, we need a central midfielder. <laughs> 
and a whole new team, basically. So, are United? Do United fans have a right to be frustrated with the board, or see, is this? I, no, I want to. I want to take lead on this personally because oh, here we go. I, I, <laughs> I, I, like, I've got a lot. I've got. I've got a lot of United um, supporting pals, and I could be like, oh, Blazer, there. Absolute cancer of this club. Oh, Edward with this, Edward with that. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. They, they, I know that they take a lot of money out of the club, but that doesn't affect you in any way, yeah. shape, or form. What does affect you is the amount they spend on the team. And if you look at the last season, they spent about five million quid. You've got quid. some nerve, I'm telling you. <laughs> so they've got Maguire in for 80 mil. They've got Pogba in for, what was it, 80, 90 mil. Bought Lukaku for like 75 mil. They're not scrimping on this team. No. They just aren't hiring the right managers to get it into practice. And you, you look just at that... spent the last twenty minutes saying Chelsea don't have the right players to compete with Liverpool. I didn't say that. I said, said Frank doesn't have his I, team yet. I, I, they haven't. They haven't played together. Whereas this team has for a, new, a couple of seasons. And I'm not moaning at the board here, am I? I'm not saying that. Your question was... No, if you started moaning at the ball, I'd pick you up the ball, honestly. But this is if they don't get a key for him before look, the end of the uh, deadline, well, he might. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You're saying, I'm oh, well, why, is Ma- why are Man United any different? Because mm. if we spent around the same amount of money and you're saying to me, well, if you have anything to say about your board, well, you should be saying that to Man United fans. Yeah. They can, yeah. They hey, can look, say what... I feel the they, same they, way. I just... Yeah. I didn't think you were the man to say it. <laughs> no, but it's, uh-huh. it's, it's just the fact that they are investing in that squad and that's what directly affects the fans, right? Because that's what we watch yeah. football for. I don't give a shit about how much money they take out of the club. Yeah, it might all end in tears later down the line, but they've owned the club long enough for it not to. And they've obviously mm. kept it going. They've got massive sponsorship deals. They've grown the club's revenue and they're buying players. They're spending hundreds of millions of pounds a transfer window. You look at West Ham, for example, where they really should hate the board. <laughs> where then they're running that club into the ground gladly, uh, I may add. However, they're not signing players, they're not investing in the team, they're not living up to promises. The kind of hierarchy of Man United are blank checkbook, who do you want? And it turns out they bought a fridge for 80 million. That's <laughs> like they still gave them the money to do that. It's not like they're not trying, it's just the fact that they're buying the wrong players. I so, do think uh, yeah, with it just winds me part up. of it is that. If any team buy four players, they still want five. And this, I would say this whether you're here or not, and not even just you, but if you look at every reply under Fabrizio Romano's tweets, Chelsea have signed, what, about seven or eight players? And still, the first reply is always Chelsea news. So it does kind of show that we're all always going to be slightly unhappy regardless of how many we sign. But United do seem to think that it is their cardinal right to have any player they want to just be able to snap their fingers together and have them go straight into their starting lineup. Exactly. And it's like I look at it with the old Thiago side, because apparently they were into them as well. And it's like, another ball's up by Edward Wood. And it's like, if you're Thiago, who are you going to play for at this moment in time? A team that's just coming off the back of a Champions League and a Premier League winning season, well, obviously two prior, or Man United who are in turmoil and just about finishing top four at the moment and not pushing for anything else. Like, it can't all just be down to Man United. That whole Man United pulling power days, I think it's gone. They have to spend the money in which they are. It's not a lot else they, more else they can do. Everyone cried for Solskjaer to be 
appointed his manager to realise that there's a reason why he went down with Cardiff and only, yeah. managed, and only managed Mulder at the same time. So I don't understand what they want. Look at their front three. They've got Rashford, Martial, Greenwood. They all say that Rashford and Greenwood are the best things ever to come out of Manchester. At the same time saying, why haven't we signed a striker? Same with Martial. Mm. They're back into the hill and then cry that they don't sign a striker. And they did sign a proven goal-scoring striker and they fucking hated him. <laughs> and then they cried out about their midfield. They, they bought Bruno Fernandes, they bought Paul Pogba, Van der Beek. Paul Pogba at the time was the best midfielder in the world and they stumped up 90 over him. I just... I don't get it. And now they're crying about, oh, we need a left-back. Well, you bought Luke Shaw for 30 mil on mega wages. It you looks bought, like they're getting Alex Tells, which is a damn shame. It for is. 20 million. Because I would have had him over Chilwell. Um, yeah. which is really and Reggion as well so 20 mil that, that is that Chilwell transfer yeah that Chilwell yeah. transfer kind of is a bit soury because I think he's good but I think they're better however going back to Man United I don't think they've got a reason to be unhappy they're just where they are at the moment they've spent loads on really good players they're just investing badly yeah it's not that they're not investing they're just investing badly yeah and exactly. like you said when Tactically, they're not getting it right. They shouldn't. Whatever team they put out against Palace shouldn't be getting played off the park like they were. There's something yeah. going wrong tactically there. Like I do I know, think they're going to get Sancho still. I I think now I think they're more likely to. I know we did this a couple of weeks, didn't we? Where I said I didn't feel yeah. when you said you thought they would get him. I'm kind of coming around that a little bit more. Where you're kind of at panic button stations, aren't you? Whereas they're direct to be seen to be doing something today and said, "Look, Sancho's staying here. We're making a big statement by keeping him." And that strikes me as one of them where it's like you say that out in person as if to say, look, it's still here if you want to pay the cash. Because they say, like, look, we didn't receive what we expected to receive. And so it's not happening. It's just a reading between the lines saying, you know what you got to do if you want him. Here's a classic case of, and it's something I've spoken about before I know in, in the group, but also what you've just said about United fans feeling entitled. There's such an entitlement. They're the worst for it, but I guess English fans can be a little bit like this as well. When we go to sign there, and it's all, we've seen it as like outrageous if we can't just get him straight away or if the club wants something. And their asking yeah. price for him, presumably, is going to be the same as it was at the start of the summer when United were in for him. And nothing's changed. You know what the price is. Hmm. We're the club who own it. And so we decide what the price. It doesn't matter if you think that's overpriced, which it probably would be, but it doesn't really matter. The price of him is what they decide it is. Hmm. And yeah. if you're happy to stump up the cash, it's on you. And, by the way, they're, they're sort of bleating saying clubs overcharge us. If you didn't have a history of overspending, they wouldn't overcharge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like if, you haven't, if you haven't just gone and spent £80 million on Harry Maguire, then yeah. I don't what even know if the best English centre-back. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, they're they're going to lick their lips and think, right, we can have them over here. Whereas Liverpool pleaded that they were poverty-stricken so they could pay in so much for Thiago and they went and signed Jot, like, Forty-three yeah. mil. Scummy. Yeah. So, but then that's you know that, that depends on how you do business as well. Because that's business. Ten, ten years ago, it would have been the opposite. People would have gone right. We can milk these for a few quid. So mm. it all depends on how you're doing business. They're doing it horrifically at the minute. If just to close us out here, if um, we'll, we'll save those other topics for next week. If I run you through a couple of players who are linked in the press today, and you tell me whether you think they stay or whether they go. So, um, Daily Ali. I think I stays because no one else will come in for it. That's what I was going to say. I just the money. I yeah. I I can't see anyone paying good money for him because 
when he's not scoring goals, what does he offer you? Just a lanky, um, lanky guy that takes him to space <laughs> in midfield. Antonio Rudiger. What's AJ saying on it, Ali? I, I, I think he ends up staying, but he should go. I agree, he should go. Um, Rudiger. I don't know. Honestly, because I haven't heard, this is the first time hearing that he wants out. Um, That's one of those. He was left out of squad. Left out of squad yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah, didn't have a good end to last season. That's for sure. Is there a player there? Yes. Will he come back? I don't know. Um, um, I th- I think he stays because again, it's one of those that if you're in the market for a centre back, is Rudiger at the top of your list? No. Um, well, to be fair, and, and then the wages being linked with a move. So. And then the wages he'd be on kind of prices him out of your... A Serie A club will come in for him. Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, I was, Lazio, I was pic- apparently. Yeah, I was picturing in my head like a Roma, obviously came from Roma, and then, or a Lazio. But again, at the same time, will he want to leave on the wages he'll be on at Chelsea? I doubt it. Mm. Um, Rian Brewster. I think he goes now. I don't know whether that's so the right thing. Alone. I think... I think they might try and re- recoup this money. I think in an ideal world, you'd loan him out and see how he does. And, and it's good for his development anyway. But I think they might they might sound that. By the way, this buyback clause thing, I don't particularly like. And I think it's a dangerous precedent that's being set. I think where, where it used to be is... what, what Who was the player City did it with? San, Sancho, they had... Oh, um, no, uh, no, Angelina. no. Angelina. Yeah, yeah, that, that was it. That was where... This thing where, where a young player comes for your cell, whatever, and he thinks he might come to you one day, you have a buyback clause, and that's accepted. Brewster is kind of, he's hardly like a, an unknown quantity, as we kind of know, we've known of him for a little while. I just think this is going to quickly become a situation where clubs kind of have a loan system in a way, in terms of, but they can make, they can milk more and more money out of it. Yeah. I think it's yeah. a dangerous game that only seems like it's going to grow. It's, yeah, it's like ring fencing, isn't it? It's where, right, you can go. Yeah. But then if it if it turns out that he's actually half decent, you're like, right, come back now. From the players' point of view, I must think, I was about to think, fuck off, I don't want to go back there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's trying to for some money. I understand to an extent, like, where you get a 20% sell on profit. Oh, it's complete sense, kind of yeah. Thing. And, and even Which the buyback thing, I Arsenal think Arsenal really... weirdly didn't do for ages. Chelsea yeah. um, make a decent amount from that. I think sell ons and, and buybacks for like, players maybe often being bought from academies I think makes sense but when you've got kind of slight sounds bad to call Brewster established but more established players that you are setting on yeah yeah I find that a little bit, little bit odd um, Oxlade-Chamberlain linked with a move to Wolves any legs in that do you think? Oh, I think he stays um, last couple um, Lucas Torreira I thought he had gone he's we're told he's close to a move every other day. Yesterday it was apparently very close to Atletico. But despite us wanting party, they won't include him in a deal and it'll be a loan up front. So that's Arsenal business for you. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Thought, I thought the white Kante would have had like a massive demand. <laughs> Let's not go back and say what you said about Deli Ali, Alex, because uh, things are a bit messy. <laughs> Terrera was a signer of the year that year don't forget that he was yeah, just I like all against that. Spurs 
in which Alex said that they were wrong to start Sun, if you recall, TK. So. Yeah, we were, uh, yeah, uh, they were. And I stand by we that were back decision. In, we were backing in from day dot. I stand, I stand by that in that <laughs> match alone. Oh, yeah. I know the last thing to do. Um, I'll ask you, yeah, picks the movie madness this week for round three. Jack, Superbad or American Pie? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Into the nitty gritty. I'm going to have to go for American Pie just because it's the birth of that genre of comedy for me where high school kids coming of age like frat party you know what I mean and yeah. I think that without American Pie there's no super bad that's my boy or Anchorman Anchorman easy Step Brothers or Wedding Crashes Step Brothers and The Hangover or Old School ah <sighs> It's weird because as a film, you'd probably say old school, but as what captured the imaginations of like 16 year olds in 2010 and everyone knew it, everyone knew the quotes, everyone had watched it and it was big budget, which is rare for a big, like for a comedy like that. So I think I'd have to say hangover just for notoriety. All right. Well, the results of all of those will be revealed this nice to be involved in that. Nice to be involved in that. <laughs> when I'm an avid, avid listener of that segment yeah. and watch the bad at the weekend in anticipation of the episode being wow. released. Wow. Cool. You've been a nasty story, so that's what you get. <laughs> so thanks again for listening to another edition of Spitballing Pod. As I said, go back and listen to our interviews with JB Rogers and John Heeder. We'll be back next week. Goodbye.